Welcome to Unmute Yourself, the podcast. I'm Nancy Medoff, author, speaker, and coach. And I'm Beth Knaus, creative copywriter and the owner of That's a Spade Copywriting Services. We are done being polite and ready to get real about confidence, boundaries, and self-respect, both personally and in the workplace. Beth and I first met when we collaborated on the best-selling communication handbook for women, Unmute Yourself and Speak Up to Stand Out. Now we are amplifying our message and taking it on the road with Unmute Yourself, the podcast. Warning, there may be, no, who are we kidding, will be some adult content. We have a bullshit button and we're not afraid to use it. So buckle up, buttercups, because here we go. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's podcast recording. It's podcast recording day. PCRD. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about today's podcast. I am too. I am too. I think this is a good subject. In fact, I think it's a subject we'll probably come back and revisit. I agree. Yep, totally. Um, Should we tell everybody what the subject is? Yes. Why Why don't you go ahead? Well, I mean, technically the umbrella topic is ageism, right? In work and how uh, people are being, I guess, what would you say? Uh, Prejudiced against because of age. And we're going to argue with that. Dismissed. I would would say dismissed. Dismissed Dismissed and overlooked. Yep. Right. And we're going to argue that today. Yep. Um, And I would add that if you are a young person listening to this podcast, I think it is extremely possible that you have an unconscious bias against some older people. And by older, I mean, like, I'd say, let's go 50s and above. How's that? Yep. I am more excited. I am excited to talk about ageism at work. I am more excited to talk about the happiness curve, which was a game changer for me, and how the happiness curve counteracts this idea of ageism and demonstrates how ineffective and unproductive and short-sighted it is. Yes. Okay. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's take it away. Yeah. Uh, you want to, so should we start with the happiness curve? Yes, absolutely. I think you probably know a little more about the details and stats on this, and then we can jump in with our thoughts. Cool. So the happiness curve is a curve of people's happiness. Um, and it's actually, I know, crazy. What's fascinating is when I think about a curve, I think about a bell curve. This is the opposite. So this is a U-shaped curve. It's a big U. And it's a curve or which, just, which demonstrates people's happiness level. Very important to note that this um, cross, the happiness curve applies to everyone, cultures, genders, income, um, health, does not matter who you are, where you live, the U curve will apply to you. And what that really means is you start out pretty happy. Well, you start out happy and then it dips, your happiness dips in your 20s and 30s and 40s even, starts to come back up again in your 40s. And then it's an upward trajectory from your 40s on. 50s is where it really starts to come up. And I can attest to that. I'm at this time, 53 years old never been happier. And I'm not just saying that. I used to think that women said that just to say that to make themselves feel better. It's actually true. And that it peaks at the end of life. So you are happiest 
you are happier the older you get. So I'm going to let that sit there for a minute and ask you what you think about that. So I think what's interesting about the U curve, and this will tie into another thing we're going to get into in a few minutes, is that, you know, if you think about starting out happy and how when you're younger, you have all this energy around, you know, problem solving and innovation, that curve gets, it starts to drop right? Because you're going and going and your energy is high and your mind is going. And then the next thing you know, you're into, you know, traditionally, maybe you're into your marriage and a relationship, which is, takes away from that, right? And puts a little more pressure on you, even in the best situations, right? And then maybe you have children and a home and, you know, then, then you're talking about the work-life blending thing and things become a little more complicated. So you can see that you're kind of coming, you know, the bottom of the U doesn't mean you're miserable and you want to end your life. It just means that this happiness maybe is becoming more of like, you're investing in your life. There's, it's a little more hard work down there at the bottom of the U, I feel like, right? And then- when those, when you've, you know, done a great job in those parts of your life, you start the upward swing, Mm -hmm. but we all know that going upward takes more time, right? So you're, we're getting older. And as much as we don't like it, things take a little bit longer, right? We have to pace ourselves. And so it takes longer to get back to the top, but there's this huge reward on your way back up because your happiness is increasing. Totally agree. I love the, I love the way you just described that. By the way, I also love that you said work-life blending. That was from a previous episode. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, what else would you call it? Right. (laughs) Actually, I think uh, many people like that blending term. I think we got some good uh, feedback on that. So um, I'd like to say I made it up, but I didn't. You didn't, but you, it was, you were the brainchild on that one. I made it famous. Um, So yes, so you have the, so the bottom of the U to me is laying the foundation but you don't realize you're laying the foundation. You're just working. What, what, what's so interesting to me is in your twenties, you think you're on top of your game, right? My twenties were probably my worst years. I had the most fun, but you don't know anything. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're going to do. You're you're scrapping to build a life, right? Then you're like, Oh, I'm in my thirties now. Remember 30 something, the TV show. Oh, my favorites. So then you're in your thirties. You're probably maybe starting a family. Maybe not. I didn't. So maybe not, but you're starting to really, okay. You're starting to make some money. Now you're starting to be the really be adults. And you're like, Oh, my thirties are great. And then you hit your forties and I loved my forties, love my forties. Um, because you, you, you start to think you really don't care, right? Like you're like, you know, you get to this point where you're like, I don't, I don't really care. I'm comfortable with my decisions. I've made my decisions. I, you're very, so my thing about turning 40 when I turned 40 was, oh, I truly don't care anymore. Like I don't care. Then I turned 50 (laughs) and I really didn't care. So all of this is to say your twenties are a struggle. Your thirties, you think you're crushing it. You're not your forties. You think you're crushing it. You're not your fifties. I think is when you really start to, to your point, reap the rewards of everything that you've done. Like not even consciously, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. And then in my fifties, I'm going to kick back. Like your fifties is when you have the stuff, you have the confidence, you have hopefully financial security, you have solid relationships, you have children, your children are blossoming. It's when you really just to get you get to 10, you get to enjoy the garden. You were, you were tending to the garden. 
planting the garden, tending the garden, and now you get to enjoy the garden, which to me is the Holy Grail. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. I remember just like you said, you know, going through the thirties and being like, when will this end? And knowing that when I crossed 40, I would be like, this is how I think of it. And I think you'll appreciate this. I feel like in the forties, you're like, well, I just don't give a poop what anybody says, because you know, you get to that point in your age and you're being judged by your elders, right? Why isn't she married? Why'd she marry that guy? Why don't they have kids? Why, how many more kids is she going to have? Right. You have all this, you know, judgment that goes on and then you get to your fifties and you're like, forget about poop. I don't give a fish stunk and a fish stunk about what exactly. people think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I just need to <laughs> let that sit there for a yeah. minute. We'll let that sit. So, um, yeah, I think it's very true. And I, I, you know, the word that came to me when you were talking about that was victorious. You get to a point and you're victorious because you're like, you know what? I've mastered some stuff. I've dealt with some poop, some fish dunk, And <laughs> I, you know, I can handle anything. Throw well, anything at yeah. me and I'll, yeah. and I'll, I'll c- come at me, bro. I'm ready. I'm in my fifties. Well, and you're, you're also a lot less tired. <laughs> like you're done. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. I, I feel rested. I feel very rested in my fifties. Well, and if you don't feel rested, you can get rested. I think that's the difference too. There's a lot of times in the bottom of the U where you can't and you have to keep pushing forward. Yeah, it's so. a grind. Like the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, why? It's just a grind. Makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Especially so, your 30s. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think we both just have so many exciting things to say about this happiness curve. But, you know, this is an age where a lot of times women are dismissed, right? Exactly. Yep. And men, and, by the way. And men, and men of course. Yep. Everybody's yep. been dismissed. That's true. I know, you know, a lot of people, as I've said before, I don't work in corporate. I don't really know what that's like. Like, <laughs> The only person who's going to fire me is me. So, um, but yeah, I feel like there are people who get passed over and there's all these young, hot companies with all these young people. And like you and I discussed, I don't know the guy's name. You do. You're so much better at this than me, but the Uber guy who had this wonderful idea and this great business and then just totally tanked it because he didn't have the experience, right. And the knowledge and the wisdom because he had nobody older who was there to like say, hey, pony, slow down. The race is long. Yes. So Travis, I think it's it's not Kaepernick. It's something like, maybe it is. Um, so yes, which brings us to the to tying in the ageism. So, so if you look at a company like Uber, who changed the world, I mean, they did. They complete, they weren't even disruptors. They just blew up everything as it relates to transportation, crazy. Um, But he could not keep himself out of trouble because there was nobody in the organization over the age of, I I don't have the numbers on it. I think it was probably, there was nobody over the age of like 28 or something. And his PE investors, you know, his partners and his investors couldn't rein him in. There was one guy that, that was older and had the knowledge. And you see all these CEOs, I'm reading this really cool book. It's called From Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks. I'm, I'm not done with it yet. And the first half is a little scary because it, it talks about 
finding success, happiness, and a deeper purpose in your second half of life. But it talks about the first half of your life is your innovation, innovation, innovation. You're hitting it on all, hitting it on all cylinders. You will peak early. That will peak in your 30s and 40s. And I think just Uber is a great, great example. They had all these brilliant young people and nobody to share that critical knowledge with them or the institutional knowledge or even this, the wisdom. It sounds cliche, but if you're an organization that's all young people, this is what's going to happen. I mean, they almost went bankrupt because mm. he couldn't get out of his own way and he had no one to help him. So when you look at ageism at work, you know, it, it, in this book, this talks about um, discrimination and, or I'm sorry, diversity, diversity and inclusion. And we talk about women and minorities. But how often are we talking about age, age when we're talking about diversity? And the good companies keep the older people in the mix because they will save the younger people from the landmines. Um, and that, to me, is critically important. That's a big piece that a lot of these small hotshot companies that I see coming up, I'm like, why is there no one in that company over the age of 30? They're, they're gonna, they're gonna either crash and burn or peak and blow up or whatever the case is. It's a case for keeping people around because they have that, uh, the book calls it um, crystallized knowledge. I call it wisdom. Right. Yeah, that sage sort of. Yeah, and it, it's tough. because I, re Yeah, because I remember when I was younger and some of the older people, I'd be like, whatever, you're out of touch. They might be out of touch, First of all, they're not as out of touch as we think. And now I'm they, so I get it. Um, but you know, you might know all the, you know, somebody just told me today I should open a Twitch account. I'm like, I don't even know what Twitch is. So, but I know enough to know that I would never open a Twitch account. So my point is I might not know what the technical things are, but boy, boy, can I navigate much better than these younger people, difficult situations, crucial conversations, how to build your business, how long-term sustainability, how to be happy, you know, that, and what's more important, knowing what Twitch is or knowing how to find a life where you have purpose and joy. That's right. And if you have a little bit of money, you can pay somebody else to worry about Twitch. <laughs> By the way, do you know what Twitch is? I have no idea. It's some new something. Anyway. But you know what? I know how to use the Google so I could find out what <laughs> Twitch is. <laughs> Check the Google. Um, that's funny. Um, sorry. I just, um, my Google just came on. Um, so, so, okay. So for our listeners, cause we're having way too much fun today. Yes. So we have ageism and the happiness curve. Yes. And what it shows us is that they, they coincide. So how do we make sure that we are leveraging the fact that people who are in the second half of their lives have so much critical knowledge, crystallized knowledge. How do we make sure that we're tapping into those people? Well, I think the first thing is don't, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Don't judge somebody by their age or by even their physical appearance, right? We all age at different states. We all have physical ailments or, you know, knees and hips that need to be replaced and <laughs> That doesn't mean that our brains aren't, you know, vibrant and full and, you know, able to be helpful to somebody who doesn't, doesn't have that pace of like figuring out 
factually and in an experienced way, what is the best choice, right? Choice making is such a huge thing. And I think when we're younger, we make these choices about business and life, and whatever, so quickly and so sporadically. And I think when you're older, you're like, well, I had a situation like this once. This is what I chose. This is how it panned out. And this is what I would do differently. We just have so such a larger library of that. It's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking I gravitate towards younger people. Yes, I love younger people. I love to hang out with my kid and her friends. I mean, you know, they're in their 20s. They're great. And I, I do. It's so funny for the longest time. It's funny that you say that because when I was younger, I had a lot of friends who were older than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like in my 40s, I had people who were five and 10 years older than me. Um, and I liked that because I felt like I had a lot, lot of knowledge and experience and wisdom just from things I had dealt with in life. And so I needed those older folks. But now that I'm one of those older folks, I want, because, you know, for me, I'm very much into that creativity thing. And, um, you know, according to that book, that sort of slows down, right? We hit that peak and it sort of slows down. And I talk often to people about writing that if you want to be able to write original and creative stuff, you have to work that creativity muscle Mm -hmm. or you don't have it, you know, and people look at me like, oh, creativity, almost like it's a woo woo kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? Nothing happens without creativity. So anyway, don't get me started on that road. Um, But I think maybe that's it. Maybe we see that like fire and that youth and that creativity. I love to hear how younger people talk about stuff. And I, because I think they are definitely ahead of where we were when we were in our 20s. Oh, definitely. And they figured they're figuring it out that they don't have to grind. Right. We all, they have to grind a little bit, but, but so my, my, what I'm thinking as I'm thinking about how we gravitate towards younger people, are we being ageist? Hear me out. Right. Oh, you guys should look on, on Beth's face. So I surround myself with younger people, my stepson, my friends, their friends, like I love, it just makes me feel young. But how often am I sitting down with somebody who's in their 70s or 80s and talking to them? Like, do right. I don't know. Do I, am I like, whatever. I have all the crystallized knowledge, so I don't need to talk to those people or like, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. It is interesting. And I do have older people that I love to chat with, you know, like I run a writing group for some seniors in, uh, in Needham and I love them. Um, but I think I love them because they're based in creativity. Mm-hmm. And so they're young in their minds and they haven't, we don't want to say that you lose your creativity and innovation, but there are people who are working to keep it. And then there are people who don't, maybe they don't need it, you know, or they let it go. And that's fine too. But I feel like those are the same people going, oh, you shouldn't have long hair at that age. And, oh, you shouldn't wear these clothes. I think there are people who choose to be old. And there are people who are older who still recognize that they're younger in their minds. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Like us. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, come <laughs> on. Um, so, so what I'm, what I, I guess what I'm struggling here with is so like, what's the answer? What's, what's, how do we, how do we, okay. So I guess knowing that there's a happiness curve to me was a huge relief that the struggle that I've had for 20 years, it ends. It doesn't mean that you don't have strife in your life, but it ends and your happiness goes up. Great. Don't have to worry about that. 
So how can we either pay that forward or, or, or stop our own maybe um, unconscious ageism or bias? I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where, that's, that's where I'm at at this point. Yeah. And that's actually, I would love to hear um, opinions of our listeners on this um, when they see it out and about in the world, Uh, because I think that is hard. And I think we are people who base things on first impression. It's hard not to. And even if you get a first impression and you say, okay, I want to get past that first impression, you still have to work at it. Right. Um, Which isn't fair. I would imagine, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to go for job interviews and people seeing you and right away off the bat being like, I can't hire this person (laughs) and not like really thinking about it, you know? Right. Well, there's also the whole, when I was, when I was doing some career coaching during the pandemic, um, a lot of women told me that recruiters were telling them um, to chop off the first 20 years of their resume. And I, I would get furious. I'm like, why would you want to work for a company that doesn't value the first 20 years of experience in your life? Like you can, there's a way you can do it on your resume. You can say, you know, you don't have to put dates on it. You can summarize your first 20 years of experience, but um, many, 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 many of the women I coached said that the recruiters were out there telling them to pretend they're younger. And I'm like, by the way, the jig's going to be up the minute they walk in the door. So anyway, I went off a little tangent there. Um, I remember I, I asked my mother when she turned 70, um, I said, how does it feel to be 70? She said, um, I feel unseen. Yeah. So maybe that's something we can all remember is that the older you get, the more you feel overlooked. She said, people dismiss me and I see it. I would see it. This was 20 years ago. I would see it. And people would ask me questions. I'm like, well, she's the one that's talking. Why don't you ask her? Yeah. So maybe we can all just be aware of it a little bit. Right. Right. And you know, something to think about, you know, I'm sure you have met plenty of cool older people, as have I, and they don't just give that away when you first meet them, right? Again, when we're younger, we're like, let me open a vein and tell you my entire history and everything about me. But then I think when people are older, they're like, I'm not really sharing my wisdom with you Uh unless they see that you're really invested in learning about it. Totally agree. Totally agree. I, I do it. I do it. If, yeah. if someone's like, Hey, will you be my mentor or whatever? If a, if a young person, I'm like, yeah. And I, I make them, I make them work for it a little bit. Cause I'm to your point. Yeah. Uh, you know, when people used to ask me to be the mentor, I'd say, absolutely. But you need to drive it. You need to set up the appointments. You need to come with the agenda. If I had five people ask me, maybe two would actually do it. And yeah. then those were the people that, that got, that got my time. Right. So I think it's very much don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a gift by the wrapping. Like there's more on the inside. And that's what it is, right? You've compiled so much inner peace, knowledge, wisdom, opinion, you know, life experience, and people don't necessarily see it on the outside. I would agree. And I think um, also the, the other takeaway here is that there is this thing called the happiness curve. And if you're young and you're in your 20s or 30s listening to this, you know, now is when you're seeding the garden, right? And tending Mm -hmm. the garden. And then eventually you're going to have a beautiful garden and it's going to be amazing to just sit there and enjoy it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say you can use the Google and 
Google the happiness curve and there's all kinds of stuff that comes up. There's, you know, all kinds of research and there's a book. Um, there may be more than one book. I don't know, but it's, it's, it is pretty interesting when you think about it and visualize your life in that curve. Perfect. All right. Okay. I think that's it for this episode. I think that's awesome. So I want to tell our listeners that if you're listening to us on either Anchor or Spotify, that we are now on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us there too. And what we would really love is if you've listened to a couple now and you see how um, fabulous we are, that you will not only like and follow, but if you could take a second just to leave a review, that would be awesome for us. Super. That would be very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. Um, are we on the Twitch yet with this podcast? On the Twitch? I don't think yeah. so. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But I am curious now. I am going to. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to go to the Google and look up the Twitch. And check it out. Yep. Okay. Um, so bye, girl. Bye. Bye, girl. Bye. Until next time. Until next time. That's a wrap on another episode of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. We hope you found value in today's podcast. We hope you were able to take a little time for yourself and perhaps think about how you're showing up. And thank you for all of the great feedback we've been receiving. We'd love to hear more from you about what you think, the tactics you're using every day to speak up, and anything else you'd like to hear about on future episodes of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. You can contact us through our websites. Nancy can be found at nancymedoff.com and Beth can be found at thatsaspade.com. Or you can email us at unmuteyourselfthepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We will see you next week. And until then, keep speaking up.